Hello there people. Welcome to the first episode of the podcast of DocEconomics.com. DocEconomics is a website, dedicated to learning of economics in a simple, and easy to understand manner. And to kick off the podcast, our first episode is going to talk about something, which is in news very often, especially in the business pages of our newspapers. Something that not everyone understands but something that affects, trust me, everyone's life in one way or another. I am talking about monetary policy. That's right. One keeps reading and hearing about how the Reserve Bank of India, or the Federal Reserve, has increased interest rates, or decreased interest rates, or how the central bank has adopted a hawkish approach to the monetary policy, or otherwise. I'm going to try and break the jargon for you here, and demystify a very simple, and logical concept of monetary policy and how it works. An economy broadly consists of mainly entities, consumers, who demand goods and services, producers, who supply them, and the government that creates the rules of the game. Interactions between these entities greatly affects how the economy performs. As in life, an economy undergoes phases, good, and bad. One of the main functions of the government and the central bank, is to firstly prevent the economy into going into bad phases, as much as they can, and if it does enter a bad phase, to pull it out of it, and make it enter a better phase. But things in practicality are not black and white. Sometimes features of a good phase may in fact attract, some unwanted results, and if attention is not paid in time, can prove harmful in the long run. The biggest goal for any economy is high growth. At the end of the day, you want your economy to grow as much as possible. Growth means more things, goods and services, are being produced and consumed, and people are getting higher incomes. But remember, life is not always rosy. An economy never runs on a straight path, but always in cycles. This high growth, and resultant high incomes, can also lead to high prices. How? Simple demand and supply economics, says that if the supply remains the same, and demand goes high, prices will rise. This is exactly what will happen in a high growing economy. If people are earning more income, it is natural that they will demand more goods and services, as they would now like to spend that higher amount of money, that they have in their hands. What this will do, is to drive prices up, something the economists refer to as inflation. Thus, something good, that is, high growth, can lead to something bad, that is, inflation. Cycles you see. What these example also show, is that growth can be increased if you put money in people's hands, as that will increase the demand for goods and services, something which can be done in times of low growth. What that means, is that in a period of high growth, you have to be careful of rising prices, and take remedial measures. And in a period of low growth, you obviously have to take measures to attain your primary goal that is, growth. So what measures are these? The government can achieve results in once too, by changing a key variable, that is, money in people's hands, or, money that is circulating in the economy or what is technically called as, liquidity. Bringing changes to liquidity can do a lot. There are two policy measures that affect liquidity, fiscal policy and monetary policy. At a broad level, fiscal policy, adopted by the government, is policy, that deals with taxes and expenditure of the government. What government takes from people, that is taxes, and what it spends in the economy, that is, expenditure. Any changes brought to these two, are measures of fiscal policy. Like we have changes in tax rates, in budgets shown on TV. That is fiscal policy right there. Monetary policy, which is adopted by the central bank, is regulating liquidity in the economy, by regulation of interest rates and other variables. We have already seen, what excess amount of money in people's hands can do, it can drive up prices. And efficient amount can lower growth rates. Thus, at any point of time, 
the right amount of money should be with people, not too less, and not too much. That's the central bank's job. Regulation of this money. Like a fan regulator regulates the speed at which the fan works. If there is too much heat, it will increase the speed, if there is too much cold, it will decrease the speed. The same job is done by the central bank. If the economy is overheating, that is experiencing high growth and high prices, it will decrease the liquidity, that is money circulating in the economy. If the economy is too cold for comfort, that is experiencing low growth and low prices, it will increase the liquidity. But how does the central bank or the Reserve Bank of India or RBI in case of India, or the Federal Reserve in the case of US, do it? Quite simple. If you want to increase or decrease the amount of money people will have in their hands, change its cost. Change how costly it is to get money. Hang on. Cost of money? What is that? This is what it is. Interest rate. How? Let's see. In an economy, there are two kinds of people, those with excess money, that is, with more money than they need, and those with deficient money, that is, with less money than they need. Typically, they do a deal. The lucky ones with more money, lend it to those who need it. But nothing, comes for free. With time and rising prices, value of money will decrease. What rupees 100 bought you yesterday, it will get you a lesser amount today, because the prices have risen. So if I give you money today, and you return the exact same amount after a year, I am, at a loss. Because the value of that amount has dropped. It will buy me lesser amount of things today. So what happens? The borrower returns the money he borrowed, that is, the principal, and also pays an interest, according to the interest rate. If, A lends to B, rupees 100, at a rate of interest of 10% per annum, after a year, if B returns rupees 100, A will be at a loss, but according to the interest rate, if he returns rupees 110, A is in a good position, especially if inflation is below 10%. This is because it is inflation, that is, rise in prices, that reduces the value of money. So if the inflation is 6%, and interest rate A gets is 10%, A stands to gain 4%. That is how the interest rate, is the cost of money. It is a spending for the borrower, and an earning for the lender. Now let's see things in a bigger picture by looking at the chain of the monetary system. In an economy, the central bank prints the money, and lends it to the commercial banks, who further lend it to the general public, which includes both producers and consumers. But again all of these entities, do not deal in money for free. They do it in terms of the interest rate. The central bank, gives money to the banks, at a certain rate of interest, say x percent, which is the cost of borrowing for the bank. The banks, looking to earn a profit, give the money to the consumers, or producers, at x plus y percent, earning a profit of y percent. For example, if banks get money at 5 percent from the central bank and lend to consumer at 7 percent, they earn 2 percent profit. Now, what if the central bank raises this rate from 5 percent to 6 percent? The bank who will want to maintain the 2 percent profit, will now charge 8 percent to the consumer, whose cost of borrowing will increase, and guess what he will do? Take less money from the bank. Opposite will happen, if rate decreases from 5 to 4%, and the banks reduce their rate from 7 to 6%. Consumers will see it as an opportunity as their cost of borrowing decreases and they will demand more money. Thus, with a stroke, the central bank can change the liquidity, that is, the amount of money circulating in the economy. And it is simple, in times of rising prices, central bank will increase the interest rate to decrease demand. And in times of low growth, it will decrease interest rate to increase demand. Apart from the interest rate, there are other tools of monetary policy, 
such as open market operations, that is, buying and selling of securities by the government, and reserve requirements, that is, changing the amount of money banks have to keep as a reserve. Further, there are different kinds of interest rates like repo rates, reverse repo rates etc. More on that in another episode. Thanks for listening in. We hope that you enjoyed this episode on monetary policy. Do not forget to subscribe or follow us for more such informative material on economics.